Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, you guys requested it, you get it. Strangely enough, Johan Rojas, the most requested next evaluation player. So we'll get into Johan Rojas' 2023 season. I'm going to look at his major league stats compared to his minor league stats, and we're going to have a conversation about the big questions facing him moving forward, which, of course, the number one is, will he be up in the major leagues next year? Will his offense be enough to carry him up to the major league squad for a full season? We'll discuss all of it on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Thank you so much for checking us out. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that good stuff. Really appreciate it. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you again for checking us out. Um, also, if you're wondering why I got the mustache from supporting Movember for Men's Health, if you'd like to make a donation, you can go to Movember's website and do that. I'm just raising awareness with the mustache. We might do something bigger later on in the month, but for the time being, just wanted to go ahead and bring that up uh now jumping in now i explained in yesterday's episode but in case you missed it we're going through individual player evaluations each episode is going to be tooled around an individual player from the 26-man roster of the nlcs you can also include reese hoskins in there too because of course we're going to talk deeply about what reese hoskins future is with this ball club but i'm leaving it up to you to decide i want to give you some uh some type of control over the content here at Locked On Phillies, and already a strange one. So yesterday we did Bryce Harper. Today, the top comment on yesterday's video was Johan Rojas, the young center fielder for the Philadelphia Phillies that came up from the minors late in the season. He's the guy you want me to evaluate? Okay, let's get it. Let's jump into Johan Rojas's 2023 season. Now, he's a 23-year-old center fielder that just came up. Like, he debuted... Uh, let me get the exact date of the debut for him. I want to make sure I have this. Uh, this is the minor league ones. He debuted in like, what I, What was it, August, I want to say, was when Johan Roas first came up or whenever uh, Christian Pache had that elbow injury. might have been mid-July. And he immediately burst on the scene as a guy who can play defense at the major league level. That's the plus-plus side of Johan Roas. There is a chance that he could be one day the best defensive center fielder in baseball. I don't think that's crazy. Like, he could be the best defensive center fielder in all of the major leagues. I don't think that there's any doubt of that. If you disagree with that, I don't know the player you were watching because watching him, the range he has, tracking down balls in the gaps, the feel for the position, uh, everything. He does everything well out there that you need to do defensively. The athleticism and speed speaks for itself. He could be the best defensive, we'll just call it outfielder, in baseball when he's at the peak of his career. The issue with Johan Rojas is going to be the offense. And we'll get into that more as far as the questions are concerned in the next segment. But here's the thing. All right. I looked at Johan Rojas' numbers here. So I pulled this up and I looked at his major and minor league statistics because I wanted to compare them this year. So this year in AAA with, or sorry, AA with Redding, he came right up from AA. Um, skipped AAA and went right to the majors, which I thought was very, very interesting. Um, in AA, 
He had a total number of at-bats. I just want to make sure you got this right. 320 at-bats in double-A. He hit 306. They're like, wow, okay. So he was much better against double-A pitching. Well, smaller sample size. But believe it or not, like if you had to ask me where I thought Johan Ross's batting average for the 2023 season was, I would have told you he probably hit around, I don't know, 260 or something like that. In 149 at-bats at the major league level, he batted 302. 302. That doesn't include playoffs. That's the regular season. So he had 302 in the regular season for the Philadelphia Phillies. Like, that's insane. Now, where the numbers kind of taper off, of course, when you get to power, OBP, 342, slugging, 430, OPS, 771. I mean, those numbers were better down in the minors. 361 OBP, 484 slugging, 845 OPS down in the minors. He had, as far as home runs, he had nine home runs down there in the minor leagues. He only hit two at the major league level. Power isn't going to ever really be part of his game. He's not built like that. But the fact that he had 302 this year at the major league level is encouraging. I know that he was really rough offensively in the postseason. He's a young player. It was a big moment for him. And it's tough to just jump into that and be ready to go. You saw what happened to Orion Kirkering in big-time spots in the postseason. Like Eventually, they started wearing on him, and he ended up looking like the young player that he is. That's just kind of the nature of dealing with your growth as a major league baseball player. Next year, Johan Roas, though, he's going to have to take a step forward offensively. That 302, it feels misleading. Like he feels like he's not a 300 hitter at the major league level. I that would be insane if he carried that over 162. The sample size you have there is good, but the sample size in the postseason was not good at all. I mean, he was not even close to hitting his weight in the postseason. That's a tough thing. You can't have a guy that's a complete automatic out in the lineup. It kills you. As talented as this lineup is, you need everyone to be able to hold their own, right? You can't just roll over. It's the same thing as having Kyle Schwarber out there in left field defensively. You can't have it. He's too much of a negative in that position. Now, the upside for Roas, again, he was good in the regular season, way better than I thought he was. So can those numbers transfer? to a full season, or if they don't, how does he work on the approach to get there? And can Kevin Long work with him to get to the point where he's the major league center fielder? It also may be out of his control to be the major league center fielder, and this is something we're going to get a little bit deeper into coming up. But as position shift and free agency gets hit, there may be other guys to look at. But honestly, I'm just I'm looking at these numbers through 59 games at the major league level, and he still has his rookie status intact, so he could still be a rookie next year, his MLB service time. He's not even reached a year yet. So you got a while till he reaches any type of free agency. Good control by the team, which is key, which helps his future. But uh, he had, yeah, 45 hits, doubles, nine doubles, two triples, two home runs, 23 RBIs. I mean, that's like that's not terrible. He also had 14 stolen bases. He was only caught stealing once. That's really good to see. Like, he could be a stolen base threat at the major league level, too. This guy adds a lot to your team. He's got some stuff to work on for sure. But I'm almost willing to eat the offensive production to see what he looks like at the major league level for the entirety of the season. Then, if you get to, like, the trade deadline next year, and we'll dive into this a little bit deeper coming up, but that's when I would look at replacing him. He he makes me feel very comfortable with the center field spot, Johan Roas. And what I think happens in the postseason is just he saw great pitching in big spots. He wasn't 
mentally where he needed to be. He wasn't physically where he needed to be. He wasn't as prepared as other players have been. I mean, it's tough for a young player to step into that moment. I don't think Johan Roas is like now all of a sudden a career minor leaguer. Like I think this dude is a major league ball player, and I think he's a major league ball player next year. But the question is, do the Phillies feel the same way? And if they do, how exactly does that break down to fit him in as an option? Uh, if I'm Johan Roas and they're having this argument with me, the first thing I'm saying is, dude, in the regular season, I hit 302. I can hit at this level. Give me a chance because you know my defense is plus plus out there. Uh, so let me hold down this position and we'll see. And then you can make a move as you see fit. That would be my argument if I'm Johan Roas. And my argument if I'm Dave Dombrowski is in the biggest spots, you didn't show up and you did hit 300. So uh, what do we need to see more over the course of the regular season to create faith that you're going to be able to do that? And I think it's a conversation about approach and the type of hitter he needs to be. He also needs to work on his bunting. When we talk about evaluating his 2023, like he's tried so many times to lay down bunts and they just look absolutely lost attempts up there. Like if you're going to be that guy, practice it. If you're not going to be that guy, you're going to have to learn how to hit a little bit more consistently in big spots. But largely, Johan Roas' 2023, I feel positive when I look at the numbers about what the Phillies young center fielder was able to do when he came up with the team. So those are my thoughts on that. Coming up, the big questions going forward, and will he be in the majors next season? There's a lot to discuss on this, so we're going to jump into it as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. First, though, I want to tell you about my friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. You can score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That money line bet, they could be the biggest favorites in the world. It could be uh, the Birds playing a local high school team here in Philly. And you could bet the money line. doesn't matter. $5 money line bet, $150 you get in bonus bets. It's a great way to do it. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's super easy to use. There's a bunch of betting options. You can bet spreads, player props over-unders, money line, parlays, same-game parlays, all that stuff. There's more even on top of that. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, and you can kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's continue with the Johan Rojas evaluation. This is more of a uh, theoretical approach. Those are the numbers there, and I think the numbers show that he's a pretty darn good center fielder. The question is, does he fit into the Phillies' plans for next year? Well, he's got to do all those things we talked about. He's got to take a step forward offensively. He's got to continue to be solid defensively, maybe add a little bit of power numbers. Like, I don't know that that'll ever be him, but go ahead and try and become a better offensive player. So you can be that 300 caliber hitter over the course of a season. If he can hit 300, oh, I mean, there's no question this guy's a major league center fielder. His defense is amazing. But – the other question is, if you're the Philadelphia Phillies, what do you do with a potential logjam in the outfield? There's no guarantee that Bryce Harper is going to play first base again. They may sign somebody else. They may sign Reese Hoskins, and Harper may shift back to right field or left field. Either way, he might take up one of those outfield spots. And then you have Nick Castellanos and Bryce Harper in the corners. Neither of those guys are being replaced offensively. 
Nick Castellanos was an all-star. Bryce Harper could have an MVP year anytime he gets ready for a Major League Baseball season. So that leaves one spot and leaves a couple guys vying for it. Christian Pache, who's probably on the outside looking in, Johan Roas, and Brandon Marsh. Now, we'll dive deeper into Brandon Marsh as part of this equation when we get into his evaluation episode, but I'm taking Marsh over Rojas at this time, no question. Marsh was clutch in the postseason. He has more power. He's been up here longer. He's a more proven player. He's more comfortable. Defensively, Rojas is better. In every other facet of the game, I think Brandon Marsh has him. I, I do, and maybe that changes with more time at the major league level for Yohan Rojas, but if you choose to move Bryce Harper to the outfield, it's probably going to lead to Yohan Rojas either being on the bench or being in the minors. Because even if you put him on the bench, you like you're stunting his growth. Like he should not be the one place Yohan Rojas cannot be next year is the major league bench. Because it's too much time just sitting there not getting swings against live pitching. If he's not going to play pretty regularly as either part of a platoon or your everyday center fielder at the major league level, he should be in triple A Lehigh. And he should be down there getting his swings in, seeing triple A pitching, which he came right up from double A. And maybe that's the right step and give Brandon Marsh everyday duties in center field. And then if you need Johan Roas at some point, you call him up. Or if he excels at triple A, you call him up and give him a chance. Like there's multiple ways to do this. It really hinges a lot on Bryce Harper's decision as to what position he's going to play or the organization rather's decision as to where Bryce Harper should play. Is he going to end up in the outfield or the infield? If he's in the infield, Jan Roas is with this team and he plays center while Brandon Marsh plays left, Nick Castellanos and right and Kyle Schwarber DHs and it's simple. You wipe your hands, you move on. Now, if Bryce Harper goes out there, though, which, again, I brought this up in Bryce Harper's evaluation, I think it's more likely he ends up at first base than back out in the outfield. If Bryce Harper goes out there, then Johan Roas is probably going to be in the minors to start the year. If Nick Castellanos gets traded, then maybe it's Harper and right, Rojas in center, Marsh and left, and that's your outfield. Because I keep hearing whispers about, like, well, the Phillies could move somebody. They can move one of the big contract guys. They've got a backup in the outfield. I don't know how realistic it is. I don't know what you'd get back for him, but that's something to keep an eye on over the course of the regular season. I don't think you'd move Schwarber because of his ability to DH and hit basically 50 home runs every year from now to eternity. So keep an eye on that. But as the team currently stands, uh, I really think Yon's future, Yon Roas's future with this team is going to depend on Bryce Harper's decision. Bryce Harper goes to the outfield. Yohan Roas goes to the minors. Bryce Harper plays first base. Yohan Roas is on this team and playing significant innings out there in either center or left field, however they want to align it. So uh, that's the big answer, I guess, to the question of will he be up in the majors next season? Dave Dombrowski was a little bit critical of Rojas in his exit interview, saying they need more offense out of him. But that mainly pertains to the postseason. And this is a team that's shown you in the past. They can start slow in the regular season. They can have a strong year. They're not too worried about the regular season. They're worried about finding the right guys to play the right positions and be on this roster come October. And that's what they're going to focus on next year. So maybe that does give Yon Roas a little bit more leash than a team that was fighting and clawing to try and make the postseason. Like, no, they're in pretty good shape still. Even though this hurts and everything, they're, they're in pretty good shape. So you'll be looking at Yon Roas as very likely – 
the starting center fielder for this team, but a candidate to also be sent down. That's a weird spot to be, right? <laughs> but it's not every day you have a guy in Bryce Harper who's a future Hall of Famer who's deciding whether or not he wants to play first or uh, right field or left field or outfield in general. So the Phillies have a lot of moving pieces, and it all hinges around number three, which is why, again, I'll keep bringing this up. He's going to affect multiple of these evaluations with that decision. The conversation is we need to decide this sooner rather than later so that we can build a proper game plan for our team going into the offseason. That's something on Dave Dombrowski and Rob Thompson. So we'll keep an ear out for what might happen as far as that's concerned, and how it will affect you on Roas. But in Dave Dombrowski's criticism of Roas, it was get better offensively. It was nothing against his defense. We know the defense is outstanding, and we know the offense was lacking in the postseason. But, again, the numbers show – that Johan Roas in the regular season was a plus hitter as far as average is concerned. Like batting over 300, I know it's not a huge sample size, but that's really good, especially for today's age of baseball. Like Stott didn't bat over 300 this year. Harper didn't bat over 300. I don't believe the Phillies had any qualified hitters over 300. Rojas was there for a little bit. Now you remember like, Price of Stott was batting like 315 at one point early on in the season with a similar sample size to Roas. So it doesn't guarantee that he's a great hitter over 162. It just means there's some tools in there. So I don't think he's useless at the plate. And I don't think he was a problem with this year's team. Like, I, I don't. Would you have liked to have someone who could hit and field? Absolutely. But I don't, I don't know that Pache was that guy. And I don't know that Jake Cave was that guy. Actually, I know for a fact Jake Cave was not that guy. So it's just like, uh, what are you going to do? Are you you put the guy out there that gives you the best chance to win? And I think Johan Roas gave them the best chance to win in spite of his flaws. And he made some great plays in the postseason, including like his play of the year. We're going to talk about it coming up. But it was just in such a big spot, big moment, great track, good read. Like I have a thought process on Johan Roas when it comes to how good he is defensively that we're going to get into coming up as we wrap up. But if I had to guess now, if you had to force me to give you an answer, will Johan Ross be up in the majors next season? My guess would be yes. I guess that Johan Rojas will be a member of the major league roster coming up in the 2024 season, and he'll get a chance. Now, if you had to ask me, will he finish the season at the major league level? That's a whole totally different question. And will he play in the postseason? Again, they got to make it there, but still, it's tough to see that right now. It's not hard to see him on this team next year as part of the Major League roster. So there you have it, a little bit of a breakdown of the big questions facing Yohan Roas. And then a final one that we're going to wrap up with today, just how good is he defensively? Well, I want to talk about his play of the year and some moments from Roas' season that show you just that. We'll discuss as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. Now, his offensive play of the year, Yohan Roas, it's – undoubtedly it was the walk-off to send you to the postseason and go ahead and hit that single, the RBI single up the middle, uh, the score Christian Pache runs out the center field. The Phillies are going back to the postseason. They go on the, another strong run. Like that was the moment. The fact that it was him was awesome to see the youngest player on. Well, second, I guess Ryan Kirkering was probably younger, but one of the newer players, the newest position player to come up with that team and just have a huge moment like that. You'll love to see that for a kid because those are the type of things that build confidence. He had some big hits in the postseason too, but never quite 
as emotionally charged as that one, even though the postseason ones matter more because your season's on the line. That was like the emotional peak of the Philadelphia Phillies season for Johan Roas, I got to imagine, at least offensively. But I want to talk about his defensive player of the year, which I think was so much more important. And, of course, it was game four of the NLDS against Atlanta at Citizens Bank Park. And Ronald Acuna Jr. with the bases loaded, rips one to left center, and everyone thought it was over. Like I was like, oh, that ball's off the wall. That ball might get out. That like No one goes back there. It's a weird slanted wall. It's a tough place to make a play. And Rojas tracks it the whole way. He gives it a little jump. Now the jump was unnecessary, but he didn't know where the wall was. And he brings that in and helps close out the Atlanta Braves in game four of the NLDS. Like, that's nails. And he was exceptional in center field all year long. Like, I find it very, very hard to look at a, like, find a play this year, thinking back on Johan Rojas's defensive plays where it's like, oh, he really messed up there. Oh, that was entirely on him. There were some balls in the gap where it was like, okay, am I getting this? Is Cassiano's trying to take it? Am I getting this? Is Marsh going to come get it? Like, communication errors. And as a center fielder, that needs to be your uh, your area of expertise. You handle the outfield. But uh, it's not like inability. It's just inexperience. And his just innate athleticism jumps off the screen at you when you watch this guy play. He's unbelievable out there defensively. So just how good is he defensively? Like, here's the type of guys that I'm putting him in a conversation with as far as defensive center fielders. Byron Buxton. Ben Revere, Kevin Pillar at his peak. Like, this guy is going to be, if he plays enough at the major league level, like if he can figure out the offense, Yohan Roas is going to be a gold glove winning center fielder in the National League. He is. He's good enough. He could win it next year. Like, the guy's unbelievable. You would have thought I was crazy if I said Bryce Stott could win a gold glove this year. And look, he's a finalist for second base now. Like, he could absolutely win a gold glove in 2024 if he plays enough time in the outfield he's that talented that's how good his defense is and you see he's got like in big moments he knows how to handle the big pressure as a defensive player we just got to get into the point where as an offensive player he's able to produce in those same moments but i understand it's not his biggest comfortable thing but that's basically it right defense is going to be there for years for yarn ross can the offense develop to the point where you can find enough time to develop further into a strong Major League Baseball player? It's a great question, and one we'll see how the Phillies handle it going forward. But again, my feeling is he will be on this team next year. A couple things real quick before I let you go. So first of all, thank you for everyone who requested Rojas. I have no idea why you guys are so focused in on Yon Ross of all people, but I guess he is a very interesting case when it comes to the call-up and will he be on the team next year and all of that stuff. So appreciate that. Jump in the comments of this video. Let me know who you'd like to see next. I'm either going to go with, if there's only one comment for each player listed, I'll go with the one I see first. Uh, if there's multiple, obviously the one that most people vote for will be the next player evaluation I'll do. So I'll check this around at 2 o'clock tomorrow. 2 p.m. And uh, as I'm getting ready to do my next episode, we'll get that all squared away for you. So you decide who the next one is. Let me know in the comments. We've already done Bryce Harper and Johan Rojas. And uh, really quick, a quick congratulations to Bryce Harper, J.G. Ramuto, Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, all 2023 Silver Slugger Award finalists at their position. We'll see who wins it. The Phillies went ahead and they announced that uh, yesterday. So, or today, 
today. Yeah, they announced that today that uh, they were finalists for the Silver Slugger Award. So, again, Bryce Harper, JT Remuto, Schwarber, Turner. It's crazy that Harper, missing time with Tommy John surgery and coming back, is one of them. And it's crazy that Trey Turner is one of them considering the start to his season. It's crazy that Kyle Schwarber, who was under 200 batting average most of the year, is in the conversation. I know he had a bunch of home runs. That's why he is. And JT was just not quite as impactful this year, but they're all – Finalists still, it shows you how good this offense was in spite of having room to work on. And that's the thing with Johan Ross. He was very good in spite of having a lot of things to work on ahead of next year. The question is, over this offseason, how does he progress? It's a big question facing him and facing some of these other young players. So we'll see who you guys pick next for the uh, the next player evaluation. But that's all for today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.